Guys, welcome back to Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Episode 42 with the Socceroos in the spotlight this week. I thought I'd bring you a special edition of Talking with TK, and I'm going to be joined by Socceroos midfielder Jackson Irvine. I can't wait for Saturday, well, Friday, Friday Honduras time, and Saturday morning here in Sydney. It's going to be a 9 a.m. kickoff. Really excited. Can't wait for the game. Can we make it to our fourth World Cup? Well, that's what's the biggest question out there at the moment. You know, unfortunately, we didn't qualify through the normal path. We've done it pretty tough. Number of injuries, suspensions. It's going to be right up against it. We've never actually played anywhere in Honduras. I think we've only played in Central America once. So it's going to be a very big challenge for the Socceroos to overcome. And we'll be previewing it. We'll be crossing over to Jackson, who was... Kind enough a couple of days ago to sit down with me. We did a live interview via FaceTime. He's in Hull. Obviously, I was in Sydney. But it was great to get a bit of inside knowledge on to his, his current season with Hull City Tigers. And then also, we break down the Honduras series coming up. Before we get Jackson on the show, just a big shout-out to everyone tuning in. Really appreciate the support and for you subscribing to the show. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher, or you can check out the show at www.talkingwithtk.com. If you're into your soccer, we've had a ton of A-League and former Socceroos on the show, so please check out the back catalogue. If you want to connect with me, you can either send me an email at tristan at talkingwithtk.com, or Facebook, you can find me at Tristan Cannell, that's spelled K-apostrophe-N-E-L-L, the Talking with TK web, sorry, Talking with TK Facebook page is also there, as well as Twitter, which is at Talking with TK, or you'll find me on Instagram at Tristan Nell. All right, before what I will do is we'll go straight into the interview with Jackson, and then after that we'll come back and I'll actually break down leg one and leg two, and I'll give you a prediction from my own opinion, what I think will happen. But let's start the show with Jackson, and here he is. All right, guys, my special guest is Jackson Irvine. Jackson plays in the midfield for Hull City in the English Championship, and he's also an integral part of the National Socceroo Squad. I welcome Jackson Irvine. Jackson, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, mate. First things first, you know, over the last couple of weeks, you forced your way back into, you know, quite a good whole team. Tell us about the experience at a big club this year compared to last year. Yeah, it's obviously, um, you know, a massively different experience uh, being at a club like this compared to last season. Um, You know, I've had to be kind of patient. Uh, when it comes to, to game time and starting games in particular, uh, you know, I've gone from obviously last year where you're, you're kind of the talisman in a sense, but, uh, you know, we've got a much bigger squad here and a lot of really talented players, international level players. And, uh, yeah, you just have to be patient, train well, and when you get your opportunity in the team, you have to really take it and give the manager no choice but to, to keep you in the squad. Yeah, when you were Burton Albion, obviously you were one of the really key players. You know, you, you were in that kind of bunch of players that really were the makeup of the whole team. Is it one of those things when you go to Hull, you kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone and the competition for places is just making you a better player as well? 
Uh, that was the reason um, I wanted to make the move, uh, you know, to push myself out of my comfort zone. And, uh, you know, I think it would have been safe for me to stay there a second season. And, uh, you know, it would have been, I think it would have been incredibly difficult to emulate what we did last year and what I did personally. But, yeah. um, you know, to, to come to a to a club with, with players like this and, uh, you know, different level of facilities and everything in that sense and, uh, you know, playing in a bigger stadium in front of a lot more fans and just all of that builds towards, you know, improving you as a player. And that was the reason I wanted to come here is to, you know, push myself a little bit further and, and keep improving. Yeah, what's it like with the fans? Because obviously in Hull, the football club is, for some people, like a religion. So in comparison to where you were before, which I'm sure is pretty similar as well, but what's it like in terms of trying to deal with the expectations? Yeah, um, you know, I love the expectation. Uh, it's kind of for the last couple of years, the last few years, really. I've been kind of living the the underdog story with with Ross County and Burton, and um, you know where where you know as long as you kind of give give everything and and uh, you know they, they see that you're, you're trying, and you know the the results that come are kind of a, a bonus more than an expectation. But here, uh, you know, you're expected to win every time you step out onto the pitch, especially in the championship, and. Uh, you know that's that's the expectation, and and it's a good it's a good kind of pressure, and it, and it makes you, uh, you know, it's a, as you say, it's something different to deal with. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. And uh, you know, as the squad kind of starts to gel together more and more each game, you know, results haven't quite been reflecting our performances, but I think once we get it right, we'll be we'll be uh, you know a very good side. Yeah, in the championship. Uh, Jackson, there is quite a few of the Socceroos playing. You've got Massimo Malongo, you've got Mele Jeninak, Bailey Wright's also playing. Have you had a chance to play much against the other boys? Yeah, well, last year I played against them all a number of times. Mele last year, obviously Mass with QPR, obviously played against Aaron last year when he was with Huddersfield. Yep. And, uh, you know, even then there's uh, there's other boys floating around in, in, in other teams as well. So, obviously with Bailey being captain of Bristol City now, which is excellent. So, yeah, it's great to see um, the Aussies kind of doing well over here and, and playing games. And it's, you know, it's in massively competitive league and it's such a high standard. Um, you know, even from the first... You know, 12, 14 games this season, I can definitely say that the standard has, has improved even on last season, the standard of all the teams. It's just going from strength to strength because, uh, you know, players want to come and play in this league and play for the, the you know, the, the clubs that are in this league are all, can all probably say that they have the right to be in the Premier League, you know, whether it's through history or, you know, the players that they have. So it's, it's so competitive and, as you say, it's great to see, you know, a lot of Aussies over here playing. Yeah, for your actual club team, because, you know, at national level, we play that 3-4-3 system that Ange has brought in. Mm-hmm. What what system are you guys playing there at Hull? Um, well, we started off um, with with a, a five at the back when I first came in, and um, we've uh, kind of gravitated now towards a 4-2-3-1. So, um, yeah, we've, we've kind of mixed it up, and we played 4-4-2 in the second half on Saturday so we're pretty flexible in that sense we've got um, you know players that are capable of playing a number of formations yeah Jackson I know you love the midfield do you prefer to sit in a deeper role or do you prefer to kind of sit behind say the striker um, somewhere in between yeah. to be honest um, that's me, me and Mass Luongo have a little joke that there's there's no place for the number eights anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's just sixes and tens, guys that want to sit in front of the back four and guys that want to play off the striker. You know that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm 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 you know an energetic midfielder. I like to get up and down the pitch and join in the play at both ends. I like defending. I like getting in the box and scoring goals. And 
um, yeah, you know, but um, as you say, when you when you've got that kind of flexibility, it means you can play kind of as a deeper or a, or a more attacking player, which is you know it's good to have uh, that flexibility in terms of selection. It means you can play in a number of positions. Yeah, but the manager must be loving it, especially around set pieces, because you know for a midfielder, you're you're unusually very very tall. So that must be a big help for the team. Yes, that plays has been something, um, you know, something I've always been uh, decent at. I think I, until I went to Burton last year, all my career goals had come from corners <laughs> until last season. And then I scored a couple last year as well. And uh, even last weekend, um, I came on and had a header a goal from a corner, got cleared on the line and we, and we scored a tap-in. So, yeah, as you say, set plays is something I'm, I'm always trying to, um, make an impact from was that's how I scored my goal for Australia as well from a corner. So uh, you know it's good to have a threat in in the both boxes in terms of defending and attacking. Yeah. Now looking to the Socceroos, obviously you guys are probably going to be assembling in a couple of days' time. When exactly are you flying out? Sunday. Fly out on Sunday. We play Saturday afternoon, and then I'll, I'll fly out up to Honduras on Sunday. Are you going to be uh, you going to be flying out with the other boys as well? Is there a group of you traveling together? Um, I imagine, well, what we normally do is we normally kind of all fly out from our separate cities and then if we, um, I think we're flying from uh, um, flying from Munich to Mexico City is the kind of long-haul flight, so I imagine there'll be a few uh, of us on that flight on the Sunday, so um, yeah, be it's always nice when you don't have to travel on your own, so hopefully be a few boys all together, but it's just all about logistics and trying to get, because some boys may be playing Sunday, Sunday afternoon and as well, so um you know, it's difficult for the for the staff to try and get us all there at the same time. Yeah, in terms of Honduras now and looking ahead to the game, as soon as you guys were selected in the squad, was there information already being passed down to all the, the people in the squad? Uh, yeah, well, you know, going into the... Um, you know, we knew it was obviously going to be one of three teams, either Honduras, Panama or, or USA, if, if we if we ended up in the playoffs, so in the Intercontinental playoff. And of course, obviously, we had to go through the um, through the other third place group as well, which was Syria. So yeah, we we kind of started to do our, our reading up on um, you know each team and the places they play, and just do, you know doing our basic our basic homework in that sense. Yeah, have you ever played at any level across South America or middle Middle America? No, I've never played. Um, Against, uh, I've never played in Central America or, or South America. I've, I've played against some clubs from, um, you know, from Mexico and from um, some other places in South America as well. But I've never, never at international level, and um, well, never over there at international level. We played Colombia at the Under Twenty World Cup and played against some, uh, you know, teams from the region. But, uh, but no, never, never been been across to that side of the world. Yeah, what are you expecting? Because obviously at the moment in England it's very, very cold. Back here in Australia it's still a little bit mild, like at the moment while I'm in Sydney, and it's kind of only been mid-20s this week. And then you're probably looking at Honduras, which is probably going to be high-20s, maybe early-30s, right? Mid-20s, that's roasting for me, mate. That's not mild. Anything over over 20 is a dream. I haven't seen over twenty in six years, <laughs> so um, no, it's uh, it's it's going to be obviously the conditions are something we always have to deal with playing in Asia. Um, anyone that was saw our games away in the Arab Emirates or in Saudi Arabia will know that we've played in higher heat levels than than, than are coming. I know the humidity will be um, will be a, a factor, you know, as it was in Malaysia as well. But you know, after having played in Saudi Arabia and UAE and in 40, 45 degrees, um, you know, that was, 
you know, almost almost uh, impossible. And you know, we still managed to go there and get two results. So, and um, we've shown that we're capable of dealing with you know extremely tough conditions. Yeah, given what Ange did in the games against Syria. From the first leg in Malaysia to the second leg in Sydney, he, he did turn over the squad quite a bit. I think it was about five changes to the starting lineup. Are you expecting something very similar to what he did there? Yeah, well, I think it was the, even the same um, between the Japan and Thailand games. Uh, you know, when you've got a squad of players, it's it'd be you know it's it's good to be able to know that you can trust and and use a number of those players, and uh, that's that's something that. That's not coincidence, you know. It's something we've built over the last year or two. It's not an, you know, it's not eleven players in this squad. It's thirty, um, you know. Um, and we we've got a number of players that are capable of stepping in and, and doing a job because the travel and uh, the games are going to be extremely tough, and you know everyone's going to be required in one sense or another. Yeah, Jackson, how old are you this year? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Is it pretty surreal when you see someone like Tim Cahill? just continuing to produce at, you know, I think he's 38 years old, and I'm sure that the first time we qualified for a World Cup in so many years against Uruguay, I remember, I think I was only about 19 or something. Is it surreal actually playing with him now? Oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's one of those things, I think, the first time, you know, any young player kind of comes into the into the squad, you are a little bit starry-eyed um, in a sense because, you know, as you say, I was I was at that game in Uruguay against Uruguay when we qualified yeah. in the first World Cup so in 32 good. years. I was 12, you know what I mean? And and then, you know, you're on the pitch with him, um, you know, what is it, 2005, 12 years later, and, yeah. you know, you're playing alongside him. Um, the man's, it's incredible the way, the condition he keeps himself in. He's an absolute model professional, and to see that he can still play 120 minutes and score two goals at international level at, you know, 37, 38 years old is just... You just don't see that, and um, you know he's still, you know, a one that teams will fear, and the name that the teams won't want to see coming out against them. And he's vital to have around the squad in terms of experience and the and the um, kind of that character, that charisma he brings, um, you know, to all, um, amongst all the players. Yeah. What about Mele Jenadak? You know, obviously he's been missing for quite a while, and he's been captain of our our national team for so long. What does it mean to have him back in the fold? Yeah, I think it will be huge as well. Um, Millet is a natural leader, and he is, you know, the natural leader of, of you know of the group. And uh, it's not not just his, um, you know, his, his presence off the field, but on it as well. He's another one that, you know, when when you see him, you know, out there with you, he's he brings that. He's got that. He just fills the pitch. He's he's such a, a big guy, and he's very vocal. And um, you know, he's obviously, you know first Australian to lift a major trophy captaining us to the Asian Cup and you know his his experience again is going to be absolutely vital yeah given his qualities also in the defensive mold given that we're still kind of struggling with 3-4-3 system we're, we're conceding goals here and there do you think he's a big plus in terms of trying to cover the back three as well yeah I think in a sense I, you know to be honest I think um, you know, I don't think we've. When you say we've been struggling with it, I think yeah, okay, we've. I think more so than anything, it's been kind of individual mistakes that have led to led to the goals we've conceded, and also you know, unfortunately, some decisions that haven't gone our way. Um, I think structurally and tactically, I think you know we haven't. There's not too much um, gone wrong at the moment. So obviously, any any experience and any you know all the players coming in. Are, are, help contribute and you know I'm sure Millet will, will play a big part over the next two games yeah seeing that you haven't been to a World Cup before is 
Is the World Cup the pinnacle for a, a professional footballer? I think so. Uh, definitely, obviously, international level. And, uh, you know, it is the thing you, you kind of dream about as a kid. I was fortunate enough to be in Germany in 2006 when I was 13. I was, you know, at the Japan and Brazil games, you know, watching Australia play. And, oh, wow. Uh, you know, that's part of the, you know, reason, the, you know, part of the, what pushes you to, to try and make it as, as a player. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of, to potentially play at that level and, and be able to test yourself against the best nations in the world on the biggest stage is, is, you know, so exciting and, you know, something we're going to give our absolute all to try and make sure we, we keep our spot, you know, for a, for a fourth consecutive World Cup. Yeah, Jackson, what's the biggest thing about playing international football? Is it the fact that it is pride on the line and for once it's not just about being a professional athlete being paid? Yeah, uh, it's not, not, yeah, it's, it, it all, that all means nothing, um, you know, when, when you're out there and, um, you know, when, when you've put on the show and you're playing in front of the, your, your friends and your family in the country and, uh, you know, it is the most, you know, rewarding thing in the game and, um, you know, as you say, every time you get that call up, it's, it's, you know, it's a privilege, not a right. You never have expected to be, to be named in the squad. And, you know, every time you do, you have to, you know, cherish it and treat it like it's your last because, as you say, you, you're not sure how many chances you're going to get to, to represent, um, you know, your country and your family and friends and, and, you know, in the sense, in the sport that you love and, you know, kind of doing what you wanted to do as a kid. It's, it's all, yeah, you just have to, you know, make the most of every moment of it. Yeah, Jackson, do you have a big contingent coming down for the Sydney Lake? Um, I think uh, my mum, dad and sister will all come up from Melbourne, but uh, yeah, but yeah, that, that will be it. But uh, no, one of my best mates is coming over from Perth as well, I think, so um, there'll be a few people there in the crowd, that's for sure. Fantastic. Now, you debuted back in 2013 against Canada. Where were you when you found out that you are going to be playing for the Socceroos? At that time, um, I, was, I was actually, I was on loan at Kilmarnock from Celtic when I got my first call up it was about um two or three months after the under 20 world cup i think it was probably my performances there that that um you know earned me that that call up to the to the senior side for the first time and um yeah i I remember it was actually a a text message um to begin with just kind of alerting me that that you you know you're in the squad and you would or an email and you you would kind of uh you would hear more details in the coming days and I actually didn't tell anyone for three days. I thought it was a wind-up. Um, yeah, no, true story. When I was, wow. I was, I was 19, 20, I can't, yeah, something like that. And I didn't tell anyone for like two, three days afterwards because I just thought it was somebody on the wind-up. I didn't know, obviously, who the staff members were or anything like that. And, and then a couple of days later, you got a phone call and a, an email with your flights um, to, you know, for the game. And obviously then you just, yeah, didn't even, you can't, couldn't even really comprehend it at the time. Um but yeah, it was the highest honour, and obviously I was very great, thankful to get on the pitch, uh, you know, against Canada and, and make my debut. Yeah, well, what did you do with your debut jersey? Well, they're still they're still at home uh, with my mum and dad. Um, the first game was obviously against France in the start to Paris, which was um, unbelievable. I think we got beat six 0 but still. it was still an oh, unbelievable yeah. experience to be on the bench in that game and. Um, and then, obviously, the next game against Canada where, where I made my debut. So, yeah, I've, I've cherished both those strips. Yeah. Uh, final question, man. You know, obviously, it was pretty shocking news that, that Ange might be leaving before the World Cup. Where did you boys actually first hear about it? Uh, just, as, um, you know, same as everybody else, I suppose. It kind of just made its way out into the 
into the media and it's become obviously a hot topic of conversation but uh you know we're more concentrating on the footballing side of things and the things that are in our control and um you know what happens you know after this will happen but you know we have to concentrate on the immediate and you know he's very much still the boss and he'll be with us you know over these next two games and we have to look in the short term at the moment and focus on on the next 10 days and and then whatever happens in the future will take care of itself fantastic well jackson all the best for the upcoming playoffs and the rest of the season before i let you leave everyone get following jackson on twitter is j irvine 36 and i think are you on instagram as well yes yes same same handle no, it's uh, underscore JI36, I think. There you go. Well, everyone get following Jackson and follow his progress. All right, Jackson. Well, thanks so much for stopping by the show. Like I said, best of luck next next couple of weeks. And bring it home, buddy. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. Guys, that was Jackson Irvine. Be sure to show him plenty of support. I'll have his social media channels in the show notes. But he's on Twitter. He's also on Instagram, so show him plenty of love. If you haven't checked him out, go on the whole city website. There's plenty of highlights and things like that as well. Jackson, I think, will have a big future in the Socceroos. Really reminds me a little bit of, well, he can play a little bit of defense, a little bit of attack. So, you know, like you said in the interview, he likes to kind of sit between that role between a defensive midfielder and attacking midfielder, so more of a genuine sort of center midfielder. But it's going to be very interesting to see how he develops over the next couple of years. He's in that English Championship. He's a very good club at Hull City. They're struggling a little bit this year. They were in the Premier League last year. So hopefully they'll get back amongst it. You know, it'll be great to see a few more Aussies in the Premier League. I think for us to get better as a squad, as a nation, I think if we can get six or seven guys playing in that top leagues, either at England or Spain or Italy, even Germany, we've had a few of the boys in there between Bundesliga 1 and 2, Matthew Leckie. He's in Bundesliga 1 at the moment. Then you've got guys like Robbie Cruz, who's in Bundesliga 2, but has played in the Bundesliga 1 before. So for those four kind of real big leagues, we can get more and more players and continue to develop players out of the A-League. All right, guys, let's get straight to the preview. Socceroos and Honduras. Obviously, leg 1 is this Friday or this Saturday, if you're in Australia. It kicks off at 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. You probably think that Honduras will probably get slight favoritism going into leg one. The Socceroos will be at a host of players. You've got Matthew Leckie, and you've also got uh, Mark Milligan. They're on suspension due to yellow cards. You've got Robbie Cruz who's pulled out with injury, and you're probably unlikely to see Tim Cahill given his ankle injury. We saw him pick up against Sydney FC when he was playing for Melbourne City over the weekend. So it's going to be a very, very interesting game. I think we're going to go in with a defensive-minded. I think we're still going to go in with the kind of controversial 3-4-3 system. We heard Jackson talking about it. He thinks it's kind of the individual mistakes that are letting him down instead of the defense and the structure of the actual formation being a problem. Look, I agree with Jackson to a certain extent. I also think that you probably shouldn't swap a formation halfway through a World Cup, World Cup qualifying campaign. Do we have the players to play 3-4-3 efficiently? To be honest, probably not. I'm a big fan of the the old sort of 4 2 
3-1 system, especially when you're trying to play as aggressively as we are, and we probably... I know that Ange wants to make us into a sort of a force on the international scene, but I think getting to the World Cup is the biggest thing out of anything. So, I don't know. 3-4-3 three, three for me is still up in the air, and I'm not a huge supporter of the system, but that's what we've got right now, so let's support the coach as best as we can. I think the lineup for this week will be very, very interesting. I think, obviously, Matt Ryan will be going in to goal. Uh, on the right, I think you'll see Josh Risnan come out. On the left, you probably see Aziz Bayich come up on the left wing back spot. The defense won't change. Matt Yerman, uh, Milos Dejanek, and Trent Sainsbury. Very, very good over the last couple games. So I think they'll stick with the three at the back being those guys. The big probably inclusion is going to be Mele Jenenak. The captain hasn't played for quite a number of games. And I think his leadership has been you know, something lacking in the Socceroos lineup. And I think he's just got a great... He's just got a great little thing that he does between the defense and the offense. I think he's just that link man that just gives a lot of confidence to both ends of the field. He's a great center midfielder. I think this will allow Aaron Moy to push a lot further up the uh, the paddock than he's used to. So uh, it just all depends because he's just come back from injury as well. So how many minutes can he play? I know he's been coming off the bench for Aston Villa. I think he played 30 minutes max since coming back. But... It's going to be interesting to see if he starts, if he can play 60, 70 minutes. We do have a couple of good backups on the bench. Leg one, you probably see Massimo Alongo and also James Jago. Jago, they could play some really important minutes. And then, obviously, in leg two, it's going to be a lot easier with Mark Milligan returning. So, Mille Genenek, it's some interesting stats that I found today. The Socceroos are actually undefeated in 16 World Cup qualifying games when Millet has been in the side. That is made up of 11 wins and 5 draws. So that's a huge stat going into leg one. Having a look at the conditions for the Friday or Saturday game as we see it, the weather forecast is 28 degrees and raining in Honduras. They'll be playing at their home stadium, Estadio Olimpico Metropolitano, which has a capacity of 40,000 people. It's quite an interesting stadium. It actually has a running track, so it'll be interesting to see how the actual atmosphere of the the, uh, the crowd actually carries on onto the field because of that running track. I know, remember back in the day with Stadium Australia, wasn't the best kind of atmosphere in the world. It's not the greatest viewing stadium in the world, but I'm sure the Honduran people will be trying to get to the World Cup, so I think they'll be going mad. It'll probably be a very hostile environment, similar to what we faced back in the day uh, in Montenegro in in Uruguay. So I don't think, probably not to that extent, but I'm, I'm sure that it'll be very, very hostile. They really want to make this World Cup. So having a look, probably on the bench, you probably, like I mentioned, those two guys, Alongo and Jago, uh, Rukovica, he made a couple of good inroads against Syria, so I'm expecting him to also... Probably be the super sub off the bench last 20 minutes in, in both leg one and leg two. I think they'll play a lot more defensive. They'll be looking to play on the counter a little bit more. I think this is a big game for the likes of Tommy Rogic and Tommy Jurek to really step up and score goals. We need an away goal here. For me, I think we're going to see a one-all draw. 
Having a look at Honduras, they're a very dangerous proposition. The biggest thing is because we don't know a lot about them. You know, their players, their coach, we don't know a hell of a lot about them. Having a look at their track record over the last four games, a very impressive home 3-2 win against Mexico that got them here. An away 1-1 draw with Costa Rica. A home 1-1 draw with the USA. And an away win against Trinidad and Tobago. And that was 2-1. So they're coming in with quite solid form. You know, hostile home crowd, the human environment that they're going to be probably more used to than we are. When you think that a lot of the Socceroos play in the first division in England, a few scattered in the Premier League as well, as well as other, pretty much all across Europe and the A-League. It hasn't been too hot in, in Australia either. So in terms of an advantage for the home pitch in Honduras, given that our players are currently playing at a more cooler climate, I'm expecting a bit of an advantage there for Honduras. I think the biggest thing that's going to decide this this tie will be Soccer Australia spending 250 grand on a chartered flight out. We're going to beat Honduras back into Sydney by a full 24 hours. And with the sides matching up on paper apparently pretty well, you know, we're ranked 43 in the world, Honduras is ranked 69. So, in terms of soccer rankings that even though there's a 26 gap between any teams ranked between 30 and 70, there's not usually a great deal between the two teams. So forget about that. But the actual advantage of us coming back, being able to you know, recover and repair, especially we've got a few older players in our team, I, ex- I am expecting a few changes for this second leg. I'm expecting the likes of Mark Milligan, Robbie Cruz, Matthew Leckie, Tim Cahill, and also possibly Bailey Wright to also start. That could easily be four or five changes of the starting lineup in the second leg. I think we're going to go all out attack in the second leg, really trying to tire out the Honduras, Honduras across the park. And I think that'll be hopefully a big thing for us. That away goal in the first one was going to be huge. If we can pick up an early goal back home and then bring it home strong in the second half, I think that's what Ange will be strategizing for most definitely. So my prediction, leg one, draw 1-0. Leg two, I'm looking at Australia winning 2-0. All right, guys, before we go, a few A-League games on this weekend. Hopefully we'll have a few of the A-League boys on next week. I'm just talking to a couple of the clubs to get some of the players on for next week. A-League, Friday night, we've got Central Coast for the Sydney Sydney FC, that's at 7.50 at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, that's I'm probably tipping Sydney FC to probably pull out a 1-0 win on the road. They're always a very, very classy outfit. Match of the rounds probably, <clears throat> there's some good matches. Adelaide versus Newcastle. The battle of the two Smokies so far. 5.35 in Adelaide on Saturday. At this stage, I'm going to tip a 1-1 draw. I'm very, very impressed with Newcastle, so I'm expecting them to bring it again. Melbourne victory. They'll be looking to actually get their first victory against Brisbane. They'll do it tough with all the players they've got on international duty. Barisha is back. So that's a big one. So on the back of that, I'm tipping Barisha to bring it home. He'll score a goal. Melbourne, 2-1. to one. Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, an early one. Wellington Phoenix versus Perth. I think we'll see a 1-1 draw there in a very, very entertaining match. And to round up the round, we've got Melbourne City, Hosting the Western Sydney Wanderers at Amy Park. That'll be on Sunday night, 
Wanderers will be going back to Melbourne again. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. A very interesting match. Both teams only missing the one player. Cahill for City and then Risden for the Western Sydney Wanderers. I think between that and Adelaide and Newcastle, great to see the top six having some great matches. Uh, I think we'll see a 1-1 draw. Or maybe even a, hopefully, you know, Western New Orleans have the best record down in Melbourne. Hopefully they can pull it off. At this stage, I'll say 1-1. They've got to start turning some of these draws into wins. It was very disappointing the way they played on Monday, considering they were up 1-0. And then, you know, Melbourne also was down a player as well when, when they got a red card there. So very, very disappointing. They'll have their new coach. Usually when the new coach turn around, there is a bit of a, you know, a positivity that does flow through the club. So maybe on the back of that, Joseph Gombau, he's a very, very, very good coach. Actually, I'm going to change my tip. Western Sydney Wanderers, one, Melbourne City, nil. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Jackson Irvine. Get behind the Socceroos. Like I said, 9 a.m. kickoff this Saturday, Australian Eastern Dollar Time. Savings time. The reverse leg is on Wednesday at Stadium Australia. If you're not doing anything, head out there. Kickoff is at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. So let's hope we bring it home, get to another World Cup, our fourth in concession. In concession. It's something that you know is very, very important for Australian soccer. So go out there, support the boys, and follow more on social media. Follow me on social media. Let me know what you think of the show or any guest requests you have. Please send it through any any feedback at Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. Please connect with me. Probably the easiest way is Twitter, TalkingWithTK, or Instagram, Tristan Nell. Next week on the show, we've got the Maloney boys, Andrew and Jason Maloney, two really rising stars of Australian boxing. I'm just finalizing final interviews with Anthony Mundine to make a return on the show, and also Jeff Horn. So stay tuned for those ones. Like I said, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. But until next time, I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking with TK.